There are exactly nine former New York Rangers still competing in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and at least one of them is guaranteed to lift the Stanley Cup trophy over his head at the conclusion of this year's postseason. We're taking a trip down memory lane here today to remember what these players did with the New York Rangers, and we're also going to talk about which ones we would most like to see, or at least that I personally would most like to see, raise the Stanley Cup at the conclusion of this year's postseason. All that and more on today's episode of Locked on New York. Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 834 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and might as well just jump right into it here today. As I mentioned in the intro, uh, basically... Nine former Rangers still competing on one of the four teams that are left standing in this year's playoffs. I know it'd be more fun to be talking about Ranger playoff hockey right now, but be that as it may, uh, it's going to be a consolation prize of all consolation prizes, I would say, to see uh, one or more former New York Rangers become a Stanley Cup champion at the end of this season. Again, we'd we'd much rather be talking about the Rangers, but... uh, it's going to be cool to see some of these guys, or at least one of them, at the, at the bare minimum one of them, uh, win a Stanley Cup this season. So first of all, the roll call. The nine players in no particular order. I got to do this randomly or else I'll give away my ranking. The nine former New York Rangers who are still alive in the playoffs right now, Antti Ranta, Anthony Duclair, Mark Stahl, Eric Stahl, Jesper Faust, Brett Howden, Brady Shea, Derek Stepan, and Nils Lundqvist. And basically, once again, I'm just going to rank all these players from the ones who... I'm kind of indifferent whether or not they win a Stanley Cup to the ones that I would most like to see uh, win the Stanley Cup. And I invite you guys, if you're watching on YouTube or, you know, send me an email, whatever it might be, if you want to share your list, you want to rank these nine players or just share your top three or who you'd most like to see win the Stanley Cup, by all means do that. Uh, the YouTube comment section is a great place for that. Um, but let me just say before I get into the list here, to just kind of uh, set some ground rules or really just kind of establish, um, you know, how this list is going to go here. None of these nine players do I dislike. There's not a single one of them who, like, oh, man, I don't want to see that guy win a Stanley Cup. But we are doing a ranking here. Uh, Somebody's going to have to come in ninth place out of the nine players as far as, you know, how much I would like to see them win a Stanley Cup. And, you know, at the bottom of the list, it's not like I don't want to see them win a Cup. It's more that I'm just kind of indifferent to them winning a Stanley Cup. And with that said, number nine is Eric Stahl. Uh, Eric Stahl came over to the Rangers as a rental piece all the way back in 2016. He was an impending UFA. Uh, Traded to the Rangers in exchange for Alexi Sarella and two second-round picks from 2016 and 2017. The one in 2016, the Canes then traded away to the Blackhawks and got themselves Tevu Teravainen. Uh, so nice job there by them. Uh, at the time when the Rangers did this, I thought it was a solid move. You know, the Rangers were obviously going to be buyers that year. They were going to make their way into the postseason, and uh, of course, they ended up doing that. You've got the whole brother dynamic with Eric Stahl and Mark Stahl playing together on the same team. Uh, that's always kind of fun, and of course, they're doing that right now uh, with the Florida Panthers. And I was trying to remember the last uh, Ranger brothers to play on the team at the same time. Was it the Maloney's? Like, I'm having a hard time thinking of any other. I feel like there was one other brother pairing that happened, 
you know, between the Maloney's and between the stalls, but I couldn't really come up with it. So if you can remember, uh, definitely let me know. But look, it didn't really work out with Eric Stahl on the Rangers. 20 regular season games, only three goals and three assists at that time. Uh, Rangers got to the playoffs, but they were eliminated by the Penguins in just five games in the first round. And Stahl had exactly zero points in those five games. So it didn't really work out. I've got nothing against Eric Stahl, but you know, this is a ranking once again, and somebody had to be at the bottom of the list. And on top of that, you know, Eric Stahl's already got a Stanley Cup. So it's not really that big of a deal for me uh, if he wants another one or not, if I'm being completely honest. Number eight, uh, we're going with Nils Lundqvist here. Thus far, uh, hasn't really gone all that great for Nils with the Dallas Stars, and more on that in a second. But uh, with Nils Lundqvist, a former first-round pick by the Rangers in 2018, went number 28 overall. Uh, that was uh, the pick, or, or one of the picks that the Rangers got in that trade, that ill-fated trade that sent JT Miller and Ryan McDonough uh, to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Didn't really work out for the Rangers, but uh, they used one of their picks to get Nils Lundqvist. And the Rangers, it was just kind of a situation where Lundqvist was a victim of circumstance because he got a crack at it at the uh, start of what turned out to be his only season with the Rangers. But then, you know, on the right side, you've got Adam Fox, you've got Jacob Truba, and then Braden Schneider got a chance, and he pretty much took the bull by the horns, and he's been entrenched in the Ranger starting lineup ever since then. And there's just no place to put Nils Lundqvist. I mean, that's basically the long and short of it. He's not going to take any of those three players out of the starting lineup. The one year that Lundqvist was with the Rangers, uh, played 25 games, one goal, three assists. He was then traded to the Dallas Stars for a conditional 2023 first-round draft pick and a conditional 2025 fourth-round draft pick. Uh, Nils with the Stars this year, played in 60 games with them, six goals and 10 assists, but uh, he has been a healthy scratch at times, and he has not appeared in a single playoff game for the Stars this year. In fact, he has not appeared in a game at all with the Stars since March 25th. So uh, he's obviously still young, but, you know, obviously he didn't really set the world on fire his first season with the Dallas Stars. Uh, I would have to, you know, talk to Locked On Stars to know for sure exactly, you know, what the issue was there or if he thinks he should be in the lineup. But, um, you know, be that as it may, obviously hasn't really gone that great for Nils Lundqvist. And if the Stars win the Stanley Cup, then... I mean, Lundqvist, you got to figure he's not going to be on the ice for it. I mean, he'll be able to obviously get his name on the cup and lift the Stanley Cup over his head and all that good stuff. But um, yeah, as far as Ranger representation on the Stars, this is it. It's just Nils Lundqvist. And, um, you know, obviously he hasn't really been playing for them. So a uh, minimal role for Nils Lundqvist with the Dallas Stars. Uh, keeping everything moving right along here. We go up to number seven. Number seven, I'm going to go with Anthony Duclair here. Uh, Duclair, a former third-round pick by the Rangers back in 2013. Uh, many years later in 2020, actually made an NHL All-Star game. Uh, he only had a quick cup of coffee with the Rangers. You know, he played in 18 games with the Rangers back in 2014-2015. Had one goal and six assists during that time. Uh, since then, he has played for the Coyotes, the Blackhawks, the Blue Jackets, the Sanders, and the Panthers. It's not until just recently where, you know, it kind of feels like he's found a home with the Panthers. I believe he's got one more le year left on his contract after this one, and then he's a UFA. Uh, but, you know, he's somebody who has improved pretty dramatically since he first came into the league. Uh, much better offensive player and I think just a better all-around player as well and with Declare you know he's he's cool and everything I, I definitely I like his game one of those guys got, got a good all-around game um but again he's going to be seventh on this list out of the nine simply because you know he was only here for for 18 games so it's just hard to make that connection to a player that uh you know we were basically just getting to know when he was on the Rangers and then of course you know he he's headed he heads out after that uh the Rangers traded Duclair along with John Moore and two draft picks to the Coyotes 
in exchange for Keith Yandel and Chris Summers in 2015. Now, I know there's got to be a lot of Ranger fans that hear that and think like, oh, yeah, great job, Rangers. You know, trade another uh, good player and, uh, you know, get not a whole lot back for him. The thing is, that happened a long time ago. That was eight years ago when Duclair was first traded by the Rangers to the Coyotes. I mean, are we sure that Duclair would still be on the Rangers uh, regardless of whether he got traded at that time or not? He probably wouldn't be. If Duclair was still on the Rangers uh, all that time later, he would actually be the second longest tenured Ranger on the team right now after Chris Kreider. I mean, eight years in hockey, that's an eternity. And you know how these players move from team to team. So I can't fault the Rangers too much for that. They felt like they needed an offensive defenseman in Keith Yandel. They got it. I think Yandel did a better job with the Rangers than most Ranger fans would say. Um, But... You know, I, I do understand at least to some extent Ranger fans lamenting the fact that Anthony Duclair is not here anymore. Uh, he's somebody that, you know, type of player that the Rangers could probably use. But uh, be that as it may, just a short stay with the Rangers and now uh, on the uh, Florida Panthers. And they are up two games to nothing and have, as of this recording, two games to nothing. It's Monday as I'm recording this. And they have a chance to potentially uh, make it to the finals here. An improbable run to the finals. But he's had a really nice career for himself. 261 points in 490 games. Obviously, he's stuck around for quite some time. Bounced from team to team. But like I said, has seemingly uh, found a home with the Florida Panthers. Moving up to number six, I'm going to go with Brady Shea. Uh, Shea, as a member of the Rangers, some early promise, but then was kind of up and down after that. And I think for the most part, it's been kind of the same with the Canes. Uh, But he had a big-time breakout season uh, this year. You'd have to say that it's probably his best overall season uh, in the NHL, the season that's currently ongoing. Uh, With the Canes this year for Shea, 81 games, a career-high 18 goals, 20 assists, 38 points, which is just one fewer than his previous career high. He's also a plus seven and averaging a career high, 21 minutes and 49 seconds of ice time, 62 block shots, 71 hits. In five years with the Rangers, 307 games, 25 goals, 87 assists, so 112 points uh, for Brady Shea while he was on the New York Rangers. He was also a minus 25, averaged exactly 20 minutes of ice time, 409 block shots, 562 hits and made the all-rookie team back in 2017, which, you know, it's not that long ago, but man, it feels like an eternity ago. You know, 2017 when Brady Shea uh, was in his rookie year as a member of the New York Rangers. But then the Rangers, you know, they announced the rebuild in 2017, 2018. That was Shea's second season in the league. And then after announcing the rebuild, they re-signed Brady Shea to a six-year contract. And you can kind of see the logic here. You know, obviously they were going to ship away their veteran players. Brady Shea was very young at that time, had shown some promise, you know, thus far in his Rainier career, but six years at $5.25 million a season. I mean, to me, that was always just a bridge too far for Brady Shea of all people. I I just didn't see somebody at that level. And, you know, if you're going to sign somebody while they're still on their ELC, then you should be able to get them for a little bit less money than that. I mean, the Rangers were treating him like he was this franchise defenseman, you know, just a guy that's going to be a pillar of this team going forward. And I just never saw him in that light. You know, he had had a good start to his career. He was all right. Um, I didn't see him as a defenseman that was going to make $5.25 million uh, per season. And apparently the Rangers felt a similar way that they couldn't afford him and maybe that he was making too much because they traded him to the Canes in 2020 in exchange for a first round draft pick. Uh, It should also be noted the Rangers then moved up Uh, With that first round draft pick, the number 22 overall selection, they moved from 22 to, or yeah, the 22 overall pick up to 19. 
and they selected Braden Schneider. That was one pick in front of the Devils, who I think there's a pretty good chance they would have selected Braden Schneider uh, had the Rangers not done that. So they got something pretty good out of the trade in a roundabout way. It led to Braden Schneider being on this team. And um, yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much it as far as Brady Shea is concerned. Um, you know, I, I liked him as a Ranger. I thought the hype kind of got a little bit out of control, though. And um, I was happy when they made that trade because, again, you know, they were rebuilding. And I know he was still really young and the idea being that maybe they can build around him at the blue line. But I just never saw him as like this superstar defenseman that certain people you know, seem to see him as. Uh, anyway, we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second. We're getting to the top five here and um, going to continue this list actually with Brett Howden. You know, he's uh, he actually had a pretty big moment for himself in game one of Vegas-Dallas uh, scoring an overtime winner. So we're going to talk about Howden, a bunch of other former New York Rangers as well in just a second, those still competing for the Stanley Cup. But first, we got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it is all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions apply. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And to just kind of keep this uh, this list moving right along here, we are now into the top five. And I'm going to say Brett Howden. Uh, we pretty much all know the story by now. Brett Howden, again, we have to reference this trade again. It's, it's the trade that I just cannot get away from on this show because there were so many moving parts to this trade and in some ways, the Rangers kind of still feeling the effects of it. Uh, but Brett Howden was one of the final remnants of that trade. Obviously, I'm talking about the trade that once again sent Miller and McDonough to the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's all these years later. Still cannot escape this trade. Um, long story short, just didn't work out for Brett Howden with the New York Rangers. It was not for a lack of trying on the Rangers part. Uh, they gave him a lot of opportunities, a lot of chances. He ended up skating in 178 games over the course of three different seasons with the New York Rangers. Only 49 points in those games. Uh, he's been in Vegas the past two seasons. Only 13 points in 54 games this year. Uh, does have three goals and two assists in 13 playoff games with Vegas. And, you know, checking daily faceoff, they have him listed right now as the second line left winger, along with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone on the second line. So I got to say, I did not have Brett Howden playing a top six role for a team in the Western Conference Finals. I did not have that on my bingo card. That's the best way that I can put that. But, you know, good for Brett Howden. Uh, like I mentioned right before uh, we, we took a little break there, Howden was the hero of game one. He scored the game-winning goal in overtime against the Dallas Stars. Basically, Howden was attempting a shot from in deep, uh, was kind of running out of room quickly, put the puck wide, went behind the net, you know, basically uh, got his own missed shot, came back toward the front of the net, banked it off the goalie and into the net. It was one of those situations where you're kind of waiting, you're not really sure, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the goal light is on, and 
Um, you know, everybody's cheering and Brett Howden's putting his arms up in the air. So again, good for Brett Howden. Didn't work out here. I never thought with Howden on the Rangers, it was like a lack of effort or anything like that. He just never really found his game. And again, I, I can't fault the Rangers here because they gave him plenty of opportunities. Yes, a lot of it was on the fourth line, but there were times where he was actually on the third line and just was never able to put all the pieces together. And I got to say, you know, he took a lot of heat from Ranger fans, and I include myself in this. I almost feel bad about it now. Like, were we a little bit too tough on Brett Howden? Uh, maybe we were. Bottom line, he was not productive as a member of the New York Rangers. But again, I never thought it came down to a lack of effort, a lack of heart, or anything along those lines. And it's good that, you know, he, he found his game in Vegas, at least to an extent. It's not like he's setting the world on fire over there either, believe me. Um, but at least he's carved out a role for himself. And again, he's now two wins away uh, from being in the Stanley Cup final. Pretty wild to think about. Uh, we'll keep everything moving right along here to number four. I'm going to go with uh, Mark Stahl, 36-year-old Mark Stahl. He is the only Stahl brother without a championship and the player on this list that spent the most games as a member of the New York Ranger. You guys probably didn't even need me to tell you that. He was obviously here for a long time, 13 seasons to be exact. At the end of that run with the Rangers, they trade him to Detroit along with a second-round draft pick in 2021. Just a classic salary dump by the Rangers there. You know, Stahl had kind of fallen off by then and uh, was making a lot of money, and the Rangers wanted to open up those spots, you know, for some other players they were rebuilding at the time. And I got to say, this is another thing I did not have on my bingo card. Mark Stahl playing in a top four role for a team that is two wins away from making it to the Stanley Cup final. And um, he's his defense partner, for anybody wondering, is Brandon Montour, uh, but he's played a role for the Florida Panthers. If I'm being completely honest here, I did always think that Mark Stahl was a little bit overrated as a member of the New York Rangers. You know, not flagrantly overrated, but I think part of the reason for that is the way that the Rangers, and I'd say even the media, and probably even the fans, everybody was just hyping this guy up like he was going to be the second coming of Brian Leach, and he obviously never turned out to be that. Uh, certainly not from an offensive perspective, that's for sure. Uh, but I do respect, you know, what he did on the New York Rangers. He turned out to be a really good stay-at-home defenseman. He was just a constant you know, presence for this team. Again, he was there for 13 years. He was always in a top four role. He was part of what I like to call the block shot factory, along with uh, Dan Girardi and Ryan McDonough. I mean, those guys would not hesitate for two seconds to block slap shots with their face. Uh, Mark Stahl, you know, toughest nails player. And, um, you know, I can certainly appreciate the longevity they played with the Rangers. Uh, he was on this team for a lot of very deep playoff runs, including, of course, the trip to the Stanley Cup final uh, all the way back in 2014. As far as, you know, what he did with the Rangers, again, Rangers drafted him number 12 overall all the way back in 2005 and played the 13 seasons with the Rangers, 892 games as a member of the Rangers. That is good for sixth all time in franchise history. 43 goals, 145 assists, 188 points. He was a plus 46. 20 minutes and 37 seconds of ice time per night, 1,162 block shots, and 1,308 hits. The guy went to work. I mean, you cannot take that away from him. Uh, also became an alternate captain with the Rangers. At the uh, tender age of just 23, John Tortorella liked what he saw, made him one of the alternate captains. And, you know, as far as what he's doing with the Panthers this year, he's on a one-year deal with them, making the league minimum. Uh, I think by the very nature of that contract, you'd have to say that he has exceeded expectations. Just the fact that he's been a contributing member and playing in the top four uh, as far as their blue liners are concerned. Uh, he's going to be 37 after this season. 
And, you know, just to throw out an idea, maybe Mark Stahl coming back to the New York Rangers. I mean, it's not something that I would really look for to happen. And if I'm being completely honest, not something that I would really want to happen. I do like the idea of that sixth defenseman spot going to one of the young guys next season, you know, one of the kids, whether it's Zach Jones, Matthew Robertson, uh, whoever it might be. Um, but Mark Stahl, if he wants to continue his career next year, uh, you got to believe he could be had for relatively inexpensive. It's also possible. Look, at the Panthers win the Stanley Cup this year, maybe Stahl hangs him up. Maybe that's the perfect way uh, for him to go out. We'll just have to wait and see there. I want to keep everything moving along here with Antti Ranta, number three on this list. I've got, you know, kind of the bronze medal, so to speak. Uh, Ranta was not with the Rangers for all that long, just two seasons, but by all accounts, just a really good guy, really down to earth, really friendly, a great teammate. Uh, and on top of that, I just thought you did a heck of a job while he was a member of the New York Rangers. Uh, we've talked before on this podcast about the increased role as far as backup goalies in this league are concerned. They just play more in general. It's a more important position than it used to be. Uh, we also see teams from time to time you know, go with the timeshare, the hot hand approach. Uh, but Ranta, he was undrafted. You have to root for him for that reason alone. You know, anybody that goes undrafted or gets taken in the sixth or seventh round and they carve out a nice career for themselves, uh, it's very easy to root for guys like that. And they're players that you have to respect because, you know, I don't think anybody had any big plans uh, for you know somebody like Antti Ranta who was undrafted. He spent two years with the Blackhawks was then traded to the Rangers in exchange for Ryan Haggerty, who never appeared in an NHL game. So you have to say the Rangers won that trade. And again, Antti Ranta, not here for very long, just two years, did an excellent job. Uh, went 27-14-4 and four as a member of the Rangers. A goals against average of just 2.25, a save percentage of 921, and five shutouts. And also caused Henrik Lundqvist to technically be benched uh, for a handful of games. And Lundqvist at this point, I don't know that he was quite in his prime. He was slightly into the back nine, but still one of the uh, great goalies in this league for sure. It was a situation where Lundqvist had a minor injury, had to come out of the lineup, and Antti Ranta, when he took over, just stood on his head, uh, was absolutely excellent. Like, you cannot play the goalie position any better than Ranta was playing it uh, for this handful of games here, to the point where when Lundqvist was healthy again, uh, the Rangers pretty much didn't have a choice. They had to stick with Antti Ranta and kind of ride this thing out until he eventually came back to earth a little bit. And Lundqvist, you know, to his credit, he totally understood. He, he was talking about it. He said, listen, I'd play that guy right now too. You know, he was understanding of the situation. And uh, eventually, you know, Ranta cooled off a little bit and they put Lundqvist back in there, which everybody knew would happen. But it is pretty wild to think that Ranta was that good that he caused... Not quite prime Henrik Lundqvist, but pretty close to prime Henrik Lundqvist to be benched, uh, at least for a handful of games there. Pretty wild. Um, Rangers, you know, as far as Ronta leaving the team, they pretty much knew that Vegas would take him in the expansion draft, so they traded him instead. Uh, they traded him and Derek Stepan to Arizona in exchange for Tony D'Angelo and a first-round pick. Ronta was with the Coyotes for four years, has spent the last two with the Hurricanes. Uh, the Rangers obviously knocked Ronta and the Canes out of the playoffs in seven games last year. Uh, this year, Ronta has played in six playoff games. Most recently, uh, this game two overtime loss for the Canes against the Panthers. Uh, the game before went four overtimes, so they wanted to go to Ronta uh, after Anderson had played, you know, four overtimes or whatever it was, almost five overtimes in that game. But yeah, Antti Ronta's had a heck of a career. Uh, by all accounts, he's a really good dude and uh, does well everywhere he goes. I mean, he's now got a career save percentage of 918, a goals against average of 243. Not too shabby for somebody that was obviously overlooked and was undrafted. And uh, like I said, everywhere he's played, uh, he's done a good job for that team. Uh, we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. We're going to get to uh, the top two. We're down to just two players left here as far as New York Rangers in the Stanley Cup playoffs who have a chance to win a championship this season. Uh, we're going to get to that in just a second. But first, got to let everybody know 
Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bird Dogs. You will look better and feel amazing when you're wearing bird dogs. I can attest because I had a couple pairs of me sent last sent to me last week, and their stretchy fabric makes everybody's legs look great, and they are comfier than any of my other shorts or pants. Uh, they give me the freedom to wear one pair of shorts or pants on the golf course to a meeting, a date with my wife, or just hang out with my friends. Brett Crusher wakes up at his lake house wearing bird dogs, goes for a swim, grills burgers, and chills with his family, all in the shorts he associates with the summer, and that would, of course, be bird dogs. College football nerds say they are the perfect pants for dads that have a little extra gut. Bird dogs make them look great, and they make them feel comfortable. Part of my take host, PFT, famously never wears pants, and the only shorts he truly loves are, of course, bird dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL, and when you enter promo code LockedOnNHL, they will throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Once again, go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL and enter code LockedOnNHL. All right, so we're up to number two here, and you know, this is the point. This is the part where I, I'm just like dying to see these guys win a Stanley Cup. I mean, again, there's nobody on this list that I would look at and say, "Man, I don't want to see him win it." Or this guy, you know, he didn't do a good job with the Rangers, so I'm rooting against him now. There's none of that going on here. But now into the top two, these are the players that uh, I am dying to see win a Stanley Cup, and I, I think that I would enjoy seeing them win the Cup uh, as much or more than you know just about any other former New York Ranger in this league. And I know that's saying a lot. There's a lot of former Rangers spread around the league, but uh, number two, without any further ado, here. Jesper Foss having just an awesome run for the Hurricanes in the playoffs. And this goes back to something I was just talking about with Ranta. Ranta, of course, was undrafted. Jesper Foss was a six-round pick, number 157 overall by the Rangers in 2010. So again, that's pretty cool in and of itself. You're drafted in the sixth round. The odds are probably against you ever playing in an NHL game. Uh, as Forget about you know carving out a nice career for yourself the way Jesper Faust has. Uh, it's kind of ironic, though, because the Rangers drafted Faust in 2010, once again, with a pick that initially belonged to the Carolina Hurricanes, and it's basically the only good thing the Rangers did in that draft. I'm going to do a quick aside here and just take you through that draft class to just let you know uh, how bad it really was for the Rangers. So, once again, Rangers in 2010 in the NHL draft, only good pick was Jesper Faust, their first round pick, number 10 overall, was Dylan McElrath. And it's funny, we've been talking about him quite a bit recently. We had the Hartford Wolfpack playing the Hershey Bears, Dylan McElrath, uh, the captain of the Hershey Bears. Um, but the Rangers took McElrath, once again, number 10 overall in 2010, at a time where they could have had any of the following players who were drafted a little bit later in the first round. They could have had Cam Fowler, Vladimir Tarasenko, Nick Bugstad, Kevin Hayes, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Charlie Coyle, or Brock Nelson. Whoops. Yeah, they ended up going with uh, with Dylan McElrath. And the rest of the draft that year for the Rangers, got to be honest, it wasn't really a whole lot better. Uh, they ended up taking Christian Thomas in the second round, Andrew Yogan in the fourth round, Jason Wilson in the fifth round, uh, of course, Foss then in the sixth round, and then Randy McNaught in the seventh round. Those are real people. I did not make up any of those names. They were indeed people that were eligible for the draft taken by the Rangers, and obviously uh, not exactly household names, but they all do exist. Swear to God, didn't make up any names there. But a rough draft for the Rangers, uh, apart from finding their diamond in the rough, and that was, of course, Jesper Foss. Foss ends up 
spending parts of seven seasons with the Rangers, 422 games. That's more games and more seasons than I would have guessed. I thought Foss was maybe here for about five years, maybe even as few as four years. But, uh, yeah, no, seven seasons uh, for Jesper Foss with the New York Rangers. And in that time, once again, 422 games, 55 goals, 92 assists, a total of 147 points. He was a plus 12 in that time, uh, six-game winning goals, averaged 14 minutes and 37 seconds of ice time. Uh, the year that the Rangers went to the Stanley Cup final was 2014, and Foss didn't really play a lot. I want to say 11 games for him in the regular season and then just uh, three playoff games for him in that run, but a small part, very small part, of the Ranger team that went to the Stanley Cup final that season. Then in 2015, uh, he played in all 19 playoff games for the New York Rangers. Three goals and three assists in that time. And that tells you uh, just how much he impressed the coaching staff in a short amount of time and just how much his role grew uh, from 2014 to 2015. Uh, but Jesper Foss, man, th this guy is a championship caliber player. I, I really do believe that. He's obviously not a superstar. And if you're a really casual hockey fan or you know, you're not somebody that uh, looks much further than your own team, you know, if you're just a fan of a random team like, I don't know, the the Dallas Stars, let's say. I mean, they're, they're still playing right now, obviously. But you might not know a whole lot about Jesper Foss. Um, but I got to tell you, man, Jesper Foss to me is a legitimate, bona fide, middle six type forward on a championship winning team. The term that I always used when he was on the New York Rangers, and it remains true to this day, by the way, is that Foss plays every single shift like it's his last. He's an absolute maniac when it comes to the forecheck, uh, fights for pucks like his life is on the line. Uh, he'll kill some penalties for you. He'll block some shots. Uh, plays very physical as well. And he's just one of those guys that, and I talked about this when he was still on the Rangers, he never feels out of place no matter what line he's on or who he's playing with. You can move him up and down the lineup pretty freely, and he's going to go out there and go to work and mesh pretty well with his line mates. As far as uh, his role right now on the Canes, he is playing on the second line with the Canes. Uh, at the right wing, Jesperi Kakaniemi is centering that line, and Tevu Teravainen is on the left wing. But uh, Jesper Foss doing a great job for them, and we're going to talk about his playoff run here in just a second. Uh, I also want to mention, though, as it pertains to Foss, he is an unrestricted free agent at the end of this season. I know there's some Ranger fans that are kind of clamoring for new brought back into the fold for Drury to make a move here. I'd love to see it, but honestly, I don't think it's really that practical. And I know that, look, Jesper Foss, he's wrapping up a Three-year deal that only paid him $2 million per season. I get that. He's not going to be that expensive, but money's tight right now to the point that the Rangers have to fill out probably their bottom six with guys that are at the league minimum or maybe just above. Um, so, so we'll see. Never say never. It's not something that I would rule out, but if I had to guess, no, I don't think Jesper Foss will be back next season, but it is something that I'm sure we'll talk about uh, at some point this offseason because we've got a much longer offseason than we all thought we were going to have. But as I mentioned, man, Jesper Foss, an excellent showing uh, for the Canes thus far in the playoffs. 13 games, 5 goals, 3 assists. He also has 2 game-winning overtime goals. That's kind of redundant, game-winning overtime goal. But he scored twice in overtime in the playoffs here for the Canes. Um, had the overtime winner in Game 2 against the Islanders. That allowed the Canes to go up 2 to nothing in that series. And then he had the game-winning goal in Game 5 of overtime against the Devils, which, of course, uh, knocked the Devils out of the playoffs. So a big thank you to Jesper Foss for that. But Jesper Foss, man, playing a big role with the Canes. If they somehow win a championship... And they are down 2 nothing to Florida right now as of this recording. But man, not going to be too many players that deserve it more than he does. Jesper Foss is an awesome Ranger while he was here. Really wish they could have find, found a way, excuse me, to make it work. Uh, there's rumors that he kind of priced himself out of New York. He wanted like 
six years at $4 million a pop and didn't get anywhere near that. Uh, so it's a shame that it didn't work out. Uh, but Jesper Foss was awesome while he was here. One of those guys that uh, really just went to work every single night, bowed on every shift. And as I'm saying this, it makes you realize just how much they could have used a player like Jesper Foss uh, in that playoff series against the Devils. There weren't enough guys that were, uh, you know, just busting their tail night in and night out, game in and game out, uh, shift in and shift out. But Jesper Foss always, always, always did that for the Rangers and continues to do that as a member of the Carolina Hurricanes. Number one, we're going to go with Derek Stepan. Got to love Derek Stepan. When he was with the Rangers, you know, I, I wouldn't say that he was ever, you know, a true superstar or anything like that, but man, he was just one of those players, great all around game. Uh, you know, I say this about Vincent Trocek every now and then. Derek Stepan, basically a B plus to everything. You didn't have to worry about him. You just penciled him into the lineup. He was going to center the second line, just going to be a strong all-around player, going to produce at a very consistent clip. His point totals were always pretty similar one season to the next uh, with the Rangers. You can put any two wingers out there with him, and he's going to be good. Uh, great defensive forward. He once finished ninth in the Selkie voting as a member of the Rangers. Uh, would occasionally get votes for the Lady Bing Trophy as well. And... Something of a rare success story for the Rangers when it comes to uh, drafting forwards high. Uh, the Rangers took Stepan in the second round, number 51 overall. That was all the way back in 2008, but obviously he became a very productive player for the New York Rangers, was part of a couple of deep playoff runs, including the 2014 trip to the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, Stepan, seven seasons with the Rangers, 515 games, 128 goals, 232 assists, so 360 points. He was a plus 109 during uh, his time with the Rangers, which doesn't even sound like that could be right, but that's the stat that I saw uh, when I looked it up. 18 minutes and 16 seconds of ice time per night, 25 game-winning goals for Derek Stepan. Now, of course, his game has fallen off quite a bit since he left the Rangers. I think injuries have played something of a role there. Uh, he broke his leg all the way back when he was still with the Rangers. A lot of shoulder injuries uh, since then as well, so obviously, you know, that probably compromises him to an extent. Uh, Stepan was good in his first season with the Coyotes, but uh, since then, he's played for, in addition to the Coyotes, also the Senators and the Canes. He's never even been a half-point-per-game player uh, since that first season with the Coyotes, and just 30 total points and 131 total games with the Canes, but he stays in the lineup more often than not due to his ability to play good defensive hockey. He's still a member of their penalty kill. Um, this year, in 73 games with the Canes, five goals and six assists. So obviously he's not an offensive player anymore, really at all. I mean, he'll get one every now and then, but for the most part, he's out there to be on the fourth line and, uh, you know, play good defensive hockey and, and kill some penalties as well. But yeah, I mean, tough as nails too. Not the biggest guy out there, but, you know, he had that jaw injury, I remember, in the Eastern Conference Finals in 2014 against the Canadians. Uh, took a questionable hit from his former teammate, Brendan Prost, and ends up coming back. I mean, did he even miss any shifts? He, he was right back out there with a different helmet and uh, continued to just play uh, his brand of hockey the rest of the way uh, for that run into the Stanley Cup final that season. And of course, I already mentioned this trade once today, but Stepan again trade along with Antti Ranta uh, for Tony D'Angelo and the seventh overall pick, what turned out to be the seventh overall pick in the 2017 NHL draft. And for full disclosure, who did the Rangers take that year? Number seven overall, that would be Leah Sanderson. Uh, the less said about that, the better. But uh, yeah, anytime we talk about these Rangers, these former Rangers, especially if they're impending UFAs, the question comes up, like, could there be a Ranger reunion in the works? Uh, with Derek Stepan, look, I mean, the, the thing that works in his favor 
is that, again, the Raiders are going to have to fill out this roster with some inexpensive players. That's just the nature of the beast right now. The salary cap is tight. They've got some of their own guys they still have to re-sign. Uh, you might have a couple of cap casualties who end up getting traded away from the team. And if that's the case, uh, again, you're going to need to add to the bottom of this roster with some inexpensive players. And Stepan right now um, is playing out a one-year deal uh, for the league minimum. And I would imagine he could probably be had for next season as well on a one-year deal at the league minimum. He just doesn't do enough offensively where he'd get a whole lot more than that. Um, you know, but he can still kill some penalties. He's obviously been a part of some deep playoff runs in New York. So, I mean, if if the Rangers want to talk to him, and again, it does kind of seem like he's on his last legs, but I'd be open to that idea. I mean, you go forward next season with uh, a center, Mika, Trocek, Hedl, and Stepan. That's not too shabby. And you know, Derek Stepan on the fourth line, I think that could work. Um, we'll, we'll see if that's the direction the Rangers are going to go in. Um, but again, the, the biggest thing that he has working in his favor is the fact that the Rangers have to find some inexpensive players. So maybe a reunion could make some sense. And maybe he gets uh, you know the kind of resurgence that we saw out of Jimmy Vesey with the Rangers. I don't expect like Hall of Fame numbers. That's not going to happen. But maybe he at least makes himself you know, a relevant player in this league again, uh, being back with the New York Rangers. Uh, as of this recording, you know, I mentioned that Stepan at times is scratched. He has dressed for 11 of the Canes' 13 playoff games. And if the Canes win the Stanley Cup, uh, I just hope that he's out there on the ice when it happens. I hope he's a healthy, you know, player and he's on the ice. And again, as of this recording, it is two to nothing in favor of the Panthers. It's Monday as I'm recording this. Game three is going to be happening later tonight. So hopefully the Canes can get back into it. And uh, I really can't talk about Derek Stepan without giving a mention to, of course, his biggest moment as a member of the New York Rangers. Can't even be debated. It was game seven of the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs against the Washington Capitals. And Rangers win an offensive zone faceoff. You've got Keith Yandel passing over to Ryan McDonough. One-timer from McDonough, save made. Derek Stepan finds the rebound and buries it and sends the Rangers to the Eastern Conference Final. And something that I was thinking about doing uh, this offseason, because we did something similar last offseason, and it was a big hit. I heard a lot of really cool stories. I basically invited all you guys to share your stories, uh, where you were, what you were doing, who you were with, and how you reacted when Artemi Panarin scored in overtime in Game 7 to beat the Penguins. So you know what? Let's do the same thing this offseason. Let's have some fun here. Let's, uh, If you're listening to this, send me an email. Send me a DM on Twitter. I want to hear your stories, where you were, and who you were with, and how you reacted when Derek Stepan scored Game seven overtime against the Washington Capitals all the way back in 2015. And I realize that might not be as fresh in everybody's head. Uh, there might be some people who weren't even Ranger fans, weren't even into hockey when that happened. But uh, for those of you that were you know, bleeding Ranger blue at that time and on pins and needles as I was, yeah, I definitely want to hear your story. Uh, cannot wait to hear about it and share um, you know, some of those stories on a future episode of Locked on New York Rangers. I had a blast doing that last year with the Panarin stories. So I think it's going to be very similar uh, this year with the Derek Stepan stories. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that's at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.